Hello, you guys. Before the show starts, I want to tell you I am going to be at Sketchfest up in San Francisco, January 13th at 4 p.m. at the Gateway Theater. My guests will be Janine Garofalo and my musical guest, who also will be doing some chatting, is Matt Nathanson. And um, I know I should keep this as a surprise, especially if I decide not to do it. But I've hired a choreographer off Thumbtack to help me come up with a dazzling number to do to my theme song because I have been feeling like, what if just my show isn't enough? So it's going to be ridiculous and then it's going to shift into a professional show. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But I would love if you guys were there to watch me not know what's going to happen. I mean, by then I'm going to know, but I'm just saying... I feel like uh I feel like something spectacular, possibly like a spectacular failure is going to to be uh emanating from me and I would like to do that in front of you. sfsketchfest.com. And uh Merry Christmas if you're celebrating Christmas. I hope you're enjoying your December 25th. For this episode, I thought let's do a replay of the Tiffany Haddish episode because she's had such an amazing year and a few people know this, but I discovered her. So um, she can thank me for everything that's happened for her this year. But I mean, I don't, I'm not doing it for the thanks. Um, It just, and I'm not doing it for the recognition either. It's like, I, I, I recognize the talent she had and I wanted to just, just help her get to that next level because I felt like the world would appreciate it. So I did I did it for altruistic reasons. The fact that my name is never mentioned it doesn't doesn't bother me like per se. It just it's just weird. It's just funny, you know. It's just funny that like no one ever mentions me when they're telling her story. Um but also I had her on the show. This originally aired April 25th, 2016. And she has such a crazy story. And it's such a good episode. And I just like her so much that uh, I thought I'm going to play that for you. And here it is. And I'll be back next week with an all new episode. Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting here in dining room studios with actress, comedian, dancer, and probably many more things, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish. Hello and welcome. Hello and thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being on the show. So I don't know if you remember, but I met you briefly when I did. Oh, you're nodding. So you do remember. Oh, I remember. Roll out with Speedy and Friends. Yes. On Sirius. <laughs> yes. When I had the big fro. It was. Oh, I didn't remember you having a big fro. Oh, yeah. I had a big old fro. Okay. Yeah. But I remember. Um, so there, it, that is a show. That is not super early in the morning, but sort of early for comedy. Early for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember what time it was. It like, started at 6 a.m. And then, oh, that is real early yeah. then. I didn't yeah. get there till a more reasonable hour. Yeah. You got there like eight. 
Yes. Yeah. There are a bunch of people in a room, mm-hmm. which actually I'm comfortable with because I host two versions of this show. And on the Thursday show, there's six people. But in but I always look at that and I think a lot of people would think this is too many people, but not Speedy. Mm-mm. Uh, there's like six or seven people, right? Right. And it's... It's a fun time, though, but I remember I was seated next to you, and I thought you were really funny, and I thought you were really nice, and then I got in my car afterwards, uh, and I was listening, and you were talking about having lived in your car at a certain point, and I was like, I have to get her on my show. And so it's been a campaign to get you on the show ever since, Um, but I feel like you're everywhere now. You're on The Carmichael Show, Mm -hmm. and you're everywhere else. Yes. Everywhere I can possibly be at one time, I'm there. Right. I try to be. For all I know, you're doing other podcasts this very minute. At this moment, there <laughs> are 70 podcasts playing. <laughs> and you're on all of them. So um, I'm trying to figure out where we should begin. I know you have, you had a crazy childhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you also had a crazy marriage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, Lord, Lord, why did I do that? To get better as a human. Do you do you feel like all the craziness has made you better? I feel like all the craziness has paid off in some way, shape, or form. Like now, you know, because of the homelessness, I know how to wash my body in a very quick time with baby wipes. How? Okay? And stay on point. Okay. <laughs> okay. How long were you homeless? For like three months. Three different times. And it seemed like three months each time. Like it was some stupid lesson that I had to learn over <laughs> it's like taking math again do you do you regard hardship like when when you're going through it do you look at it like this is a lesson i need to learn yeah that's That's how i look at it i mean at first when i was younger i used to think like oh man this is everybody's hating on me the world is messed up but then like the third time the last time i was ever homeless i was like wait a minute you know, this is happening for a reason. What choices am I making? What decisions have I gone with? And like, what am I going against? And usually mm-hmm. I'm going against my first mind and then all hell breaks loose. What do you mean by that? Going against your first mind? Well, you know, like when you have options with stuff and it's like the first thing that you think to do, you doubt that and do something else. That is the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that is all I do. Then then it goes bad. I feel like the first thought that comes to your head, I think that's like, that's God. That's the good thing. That's the that's the thing you should go with. Mm-hmm. And then that second or third thought, those that's the devil. That's confusion. That's bad. That's all right. That's all badness. Some does this ever happen to you? Sometimes I'm only aware of all of it going on, all the various thoughts on the second or third thought. Like I wasn't necessarily in touch with the first thought. I just all of a sudden know I feel confused and I'm having various feelings. Yeah, now like after after thirty, <laughs> decided once I have the first thought, and then if other thoughts come along, and I'm like, uh, I give myself time to review everything, and then I go, no, the first thought was the right thought. It's the first one. Go with the first one. But the natural instinct, the gut. What What if the gut? What if it's like someone says, "Hey, do you want to go to the movies?" And you're like, "Fuck no." Then don't go. So that so the first thought can be something as little as just a feeling of I don't want to do that. Thing. Right. Because there's a reason you don't want to do it. What if you go anyways and then you get a seventy five dollar parking ticket? <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. So what were or herpes? <laughs> I don't know. That'd be a terrible movie <laughs> if you went to the movie, even though you did, didn't think you should and you 
got and then you got herpes. ended up with herpes at the mm-hmm. end um that's the longest most horrible movie ever. <laughs> i know <laughs> and it's a movie that stays with you and yeah. reappears okay what were the circumstances that led to you being homeless three times uh well the first time i was homeless um i was <laughs> i was emancipated from foster care and i was supposed to I got accepted in the NYU and I was supposed to go. But my whole thing was I can't leave California. I had never been on a plane. Mm-hmm. I never left California before. And I didn't want to leave my brothers and sisters behind. How many and brothers and sisters do you have? I have two sisters and two brothers. And you're the oldest. And, and you oldest. cared for them. Yes. Those are my babies. It's like I don't have children now because I feel like I did it already. Mm-hmm. Even though they didn't come out of me. We, I mean, we all came from the same place. Kind of, but you know, we came from the same uterus anyway. And you started taking care of them at like eight, right? Yeah, like eight years old, uh, almost nine. My mom had a car accident and she had to learn how to walk, talk, eat, everything all over again. And through that, through that, I became mommy number two, basically, mm-hmm. backup mom. And, um, you know, like when I think back about it, like, man, my mom was a good mom up till that point. Like she taught me, I had already knew how to cook. I already knew how to change diapers. At I knew eight. how to do all kind of stuff already at eight. You know, yeah. how to wash dishes, clean the house. Like, and that's, I think that's the sign of a really good mom. Like she taught, taught me how to do things. Mm-hmm. And, um, then it was like me turning right around, teaching her everything she taught me. Was taught she- her how to tie her shoe, was teaching her her ABCs and stuff like that. Like helping her get her memory back, you know, teaching her how to properly boil water. <laughs> like all the stuff she taught me. Was she kind to you before the accident? Yeah, she was a different person. Mm -hmm. It's like before the car accident, she was sweet. She was really smart. And she's still smart. uh, But she was just a different person. Compassionate, loving. Then she had that accident. And then she became violent, nasty, evil. I I really felt like she had an accident and got possessed by a demon. (laughs) Like that's what I mean. That's what I'm telling my sisters. Like you thought happened as a kid? No. As a as a kid I just thought she just hit her head and became mean. Mm -hmm. And then as a teenager I started to think, this lady is demonized. She's Mm -hmm. possessed. Like this is not the person I came out of. This is that's her physical body, but that's not her mind. That's not her soul. That's something else. Somebody else. And um, I remember when um, she was uh, coming out of the hospital, the doctor had pulled me to the side and was like, look, your mom's not going to be the same. You're going to have to be more helpful. It's time to grow up now. Um, And you just love her and just be loving. And she's going to remember everything eventually. Hopefully she remembers a lot, but it's going to be a lot that she doesn't remember. And you're going to have to be patient with her. And I I feel like now when I think back about it, it's like, dang, that's what doctors say to the parent about the child you know and now you know it's like geez ugh, she didn't (laughs) she didn't know who you were right she knew who i was but she thought i was the she thought i looked just like me she was like you look just like my daughter she's three and i'm like no mommy it is me i'm eight (laughs) she's like no you look like her but you're not her and she didn't recognize any of my brothers and sisters. And I mean, she had just had my baby sister um, probably what, nine, ten months before that. And she didn't even want to breastfeed her. She didn't want to feed her. So then I was like making her bottles and stuff. She's like, that's not my baby. That baby's a yellow baby. That's not me because my mom is like real dark skin. Mm-hmm. And then like 
I'm probably my sister right under me is a little bit darker than me. And then everybody else is like really light, really yellow because their dad is mixed. He's like mulatto. So they're very yellow. And um, she thought they were not. She did not want them. She's like, oh, my babies are chocolate. I got chocolate babies. All my babies are chocolatey. Like, no, mama, we your babies. This is your children. And like she had to learn how to love us and stuff. And mm-hmm. and, and there's like. There's a love there, but there's a big disconnect. It's like, it's a huge disconnect because she just, it's just a disconnect. Yeah. Are you talking about present day? There's still a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of retired. Um, like I'm just, <laughs> like I was taking care of her, like doing everything, putting all my money into her, doing all kinds of stuff for her till about probably about three years ago. Three years ago, I was like, no more taking care of grown people. No more, um, you know, sacrificing my dreams or my goals to try to make somebody else's life better that's not going to appreciate it. Yeah. You know, because I would do all kind of stuff and then she would beat me up. Like, I can't go on stage with a busted lip. I can't do that no more. I can't have sore ribs and trying to laugh with my colleagues and be in pain like mm-hmm. that. I just can't do that anymore. Cause she liked to fight me. She would never fight my sisters and my brothers. Cause she had this love for their dad. Like, and she still thinks she married. And it's so funny. Cause in the state of California, if you are declared mentally ill, your spouse can divorce you without you having to sign a paper or a nothing. Mm. All they need is a doctor note that say you are mentally damaged. And that's it. You can get a divorce. So she thinks she's still married. So in her mind, she's still married, even though she's been in this institution now for years. And like, she's just, she's, I said, mom, where do you think your husband's at? Where do you think he's at? She's like, oh, he's in Germany fighting the war. He's defending America. <laughs> like, oh, it must be nice in there. It must be fucking nice in your brain. Cause it's not like that. Yeah. Was, did she, so she came out of the hospital and then how quickly was she institutionalized? Um, it took some years. It, it, the first time she went into an institution, I think I was like 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a few years. Uh, we got uh, taken into foster care when I was 12. Yeah. What What were the circumstances? Oh, there? Lord. So we was living. Um, now, mind you, by the time she was 27, she had two properties she had she was a manager at the u.s post office she had her own other little side business going so she's like kind of a power player and then she had the accident and he had pulled all these mortgages out on her houses like he did all this stuff was the um i listened to you on paul gilmartin's podcast Mm -hmm. so i know a little bit about the accident but there was something i was curious was it truly an accident or had someone messed with her brakes oh he cut the line of her brakes so i found that out when i was 21 your stepdad. Mm-hmm. We were all supposed to be in the car. Was trying to kill it, all we of you. We all was supposed to be dead. I mean, he, um, you know, ex-military, Vietnam vet, you know. Uh, and at that time, it was the 80s, so he was heavy on the cocaine. And, and he, he was got one of her a whole bunch of her coworkers. Yeah, right? one of her employees. Yeah, one of her employees pregnant. And then um, one of the... <laughs> One of the people he claimed was his cousin. Mm-hmm. He got her pregnant. He ended up marrying her and uh, had a baby by her. And I remember my mom had us on stalker missions and stuff. <laughs> like once she got like it took her probably about a year to really like get to where she could drive again and talk and all that stuff all over again. Um, then she was like on this mission to get her husband back. I got to get my husband back. That guy, the guy back. who had 
beat yeah. did he beat her as well? No, no, no. He verbally abused her. Mm-hmm. It verbally abused me too. I mean, he had me thinking I was stupid for years. Like I didn't really learn how to read good and, and like I only could read like three letter words and stuff for a long time because he would always tell me I was stupid when he helped me with my homework and be like, Oh God, you're dumb. You're so stupid. You're so stupid. Now he tells me <laughs> he tells me, when I was saying you were stupid, I was saying you were funny. I'm like <laughs> You never laughed. You never laughed when you said that. There was no smile on your face. There was a grimace and a complete energy of irritation. And I hate you, little girl. You're not from me and I don't like you. And I'm only dealing with you because your mama had these other kids. That's the energy I got from him. So and he was the only thing that I looked, you know, like he was my father figure. Mm -hmm. He was what I thought a man was supposed to be because my dad made you call him dad. Yeah, she made me call him dad. And so that was what I thought, like. I knew he was not my father, but it was, this is what I have. Sorry, I cut you off. You were, mm-hmm. you were about to say, cause your own dad. Yeah. My own dad's from Africa and, um, he came here and I guess like by the time I was three, he was selling green cards illegally and doing, he had a taxi cab business. He was doing all kinds of shit illegal. <laughs> and, and my mom had, um, threatened to turn him into the authorities and, he basically took off because, I mean, the immigration, federal government, all of them, they were after him because mm-hmm. all these immigrants were coming in and he was giving them all fake green cards. And, yeah, he was working the system. Yeah. Well, Donald Trump has plans for him and all those people. Don't get me started on Donald Trump. while <laughs> He's know. talking about immigrants and all his wife's been immigrants. So shut up. Yeah. Show <laughs> us them birth certificates, sir. Mm-mm. So did you com- lose touch with your biological father completely yeah i did but we've reconnected um since then when i turned 27 and i met my ex-husband and that was the reason why i married him is because he was like well we met on a cruise my ex-husband met on a cruise and um i exchanged numbers with him because he's a police and i thought oh that's good to have a police officer friend you never know when you can need that's true need one of those and then we talked for like a year on the telephone. I just thought, oh, he's too old for me. I can't. I How was, old was he? I, he was like 30 something, 32 or 33. And I was like 21. I was like, nah, he's too old. And then um, I changed my number. I moved and all that. And he was living in Georgia and we lost contact. Then he's, I guess he had been looking for me, but he didn't know how to spell my last name right. Mm-hmm. And then he saw me on Bill Bellamy, who's got jokes. He saw how to spell my name. Then he started doing like his thorough investigation, got how, my phone number from Nextel, sprinting them. And how he, was he trying to spell it? I'm just curious. H A T T I S H. And it's H A D D I S H. Gotcha. And, um, then he, uh, went to, uh, and he got my number from them. He paid for it. He called me. I remembered who he was right away. And I was like, man, if you could find me, maybe you could find my dad. And he was like, oh, I'll find your daddy for you, but it's going to cost you. I was like, in what? I was like, well, I'll pay you whatever you want. I'm thinking, you know, I'll give him a couple hundred dollars, mm-hmm. maybe give him a little coochie or something, you know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Something, you know? And he's like, were you attracted to him? No, and <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but you know, we do things to survive. So, um, he's like, well, I want you to marry me. That's what I want. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> then he started telling me, um, about this video that he had from when we were on the cruise and how whenever he would get sad, he would watch it and make him happy. And he just thought that he would want to spend the rest of his life with somebody that whose smile just made his heart joyous. That's so sweet and a little creepy, but mostly right. sweet. Yeah, mostly sweet. And then, um, 
I told him, well, yeah, go ahead and find my dad. If, if you could find him, then sure, I'll marry you. Not really thinking that was going to happen because I right. had been looking for my dad since I was 16. You know, now it's all these years later. And then three weeks after we like started talking on the phone, he found my dad. And we were talking like every day for those three weeks. And he found him. And I was like, yeah, right. Then my dad called me. And wow. I was just like, I knew it was my dad right away. Like, even though the last time I saw him, I was three. Something about that voice is like you automatically know. He, and he like knew things imprinted. about my family that only, you know, he would know. And um, and I was like, damn, I started to cry because I was like, man, I'm not going to honor this. I ain't marrying this man. I don't even remember what the hell he looked like. He don't even have no good picture on Facebook. <laughs> At that time, it was MySpace. <laughs> no good picture on MySpace. Like, and I nothing. don't like his top eight. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not like his top eight, actually. <laughs> and then um, I went to New Orleans to shoot a movie and I like drunk dialed him and told him I was in Louisiana and when is he going to come out here? And he's like, I'm on my way right now. I'm like, yeah, right. Okay. And then nine hours later, he's knocking at my hotel room door and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I didn't even tell him what hotel I was in. I know I didn't cause I couldn't remember what damn hotel I was in. Oh, he's good. <laughs> really good. And, um, and he was like a perfect gentleman. And then, uh, and cause I was like, you know, I thought maybe, okay, now he's coming to collect this coochie or something, you know, <laughs> But he was a perfect gentleman. I want two hundred dollars, and I want your hand in marriage, (laughs) right? But he um, took me shopping, took me to fancy restaurants, and then like three weekends in a row, I was like drunk dialing him, and he drove like nine hours from Georgia to New Orleans, and I thought like, wow, he must really like me, but he must be gay because he ain't trying to collect on this coochie, right? Oh, so nothing had happened, no kissing or anything, nothing, and then. uh, it was his birthday. His birthday's in July and his, it was his birthday. And, um, I flew to hit where he lives in Savannah for his, uh, birthday and I saw his house and I was like, I don't care if he is gay. <laughs> I am raping him. Like, I'm gonna take this gay dick. I don't give a damn. This house is beautiful. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I took him down and it was like my soul left my body and was like, girl, this is your husband. Lock it in. This is the one. And he found your daddy. And then that weekend, he drove me up to Virginia where my dad was and introduced me to my father. And it was like the most wonderful thing. And I thought like my life is going to be a perfect love story. This is going to be the best life ever from this point on. And I was sadly mistaken. (laughs) It was some turmoil and troubles and and dealing with my mom still at that point. And, um, but everything worked out. I got a divorce and life is way better now. I must ask <laughs> so many things. Well, let's first talk about the happy part of the story. If it stayed happy, did you stay in contact with your dad? Yes. Yes. I stayed in contact with him. Actually, he just came, he came to a taping of the Carmichael show. Um, the, when we did the first season, he came through and I was like, that was my most proudest moment, even though he's sick now. He has congestive heart failure or whatever. But it, and you know, that's he probably has a broken heart from all the things that he did or whatever. But I feel like um, that was the most awesomest moment. It really validated everything that I I've done, you know, because mm-hmm. really, when I think about why did I want to be in the entertainment? Why did I want to do comedy? It's like not because I love it like I do love it a lot, but also I just wanted my parents to see me and be proud of me. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I've been like, fuck, like searching for that uh, validation, you know, just from the people, like the first people you love, you know, those are the first people I ever loved. And I just wanted them to be proud of me. 
And so you got that with your dad. That's great. Yeah, I got that with him. He's like, I, you know, he's when we first met, he was like, where are my grandbabies? I know I should have like at least five grandbabies in America. When the girl don't have father, by 15, she have at least five kids. <laughs> and I was like, nah, dad. I ain't got no kids. Every time I thought I was pregnant, I went to Six Flags. Got on a roller coaster. <laughs> Make sure that cycle start. But um, does that work? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I don't have no kids. There you, <laughs> you go. Take, drink a fifth of Hennessy and get on every roller coaster about eight, nine times. <laughs> yeah, sit in a hot tub. Yeah, I think your period going to start. I think it's going to come on. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and then my mom, I remember when I did Bill Bellamy's Who's Got Jokes and uh, I got a copy of it. And I took it to, she was staying in like a group home at that time. And I took it up to the group home and let, you know, her and all the people that were staying there, which was a lot of mentally ill, crazy people. And for, and the nurse said that it was amazing that they were able to sit there for that long and actually laugh and not like fight or argue with anybody. And um, my mom was like, she stood up and she looked at everybody. She goes, my coochie makes stars. My coochie Aww. makes stars. And that's, <laughs> that's the biggest validation, the most she's ever said she's proud of me and my that I could ever remember yeah and it, and she was like her chest was puffed up and she was like she, like showing off her, it, it was the most narcissistic thing she's ever like right it's very narcissistic credit. but at the same time I'm like hey I gotta take what I can get yeah because she's know? calling you a star yeah and that's that's more than what Dane Cook ever called me so that's cool <laughs> <laughs> wait what's your relationship with Dane Cook oh man I've known Dane Cook since I was like 15, 16 since I was in a comedy camp. And um, I mean, our last like, well, our last conversation was cool, but we had, uh, we, he was like my big brother to me. Mm -hmm. Like I could call him for advice and talk to him about whatever. And I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like uh, it was about two years ago. He was going through something and we have like this regular thing that we would do when he's on stage. And like, if things are slowing down and he starts asking the audience to ask questions, I would ask him like, you ever been with a black girl? And then he would go into like this black girl joke, whatever. And so, uh, Dom Herrera was yelling out some stuff. And then I started, I yelled out, you ever been with a black girl? And he was like, shut up, Haddish. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I shut up. I said, oh, okay. And the audience laughed. And, and then when he came off stage, he pulled me to the side and he was like, I don't know what the fuck you think this is. Like he was going off on me, telling me, you know, you never should disrespect Lauren Michaels and you never don't disrespect me when I'm on stage. And I'm like, We've been doing this for like 10, 15 years. I That's don't know crazy. what you're talking about. Yeah. And he kind of went, he was like, you're not a star. You're not a star. You should say you're, you're being conceited and you're, I think you're getting you know, all like you're into yourself. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like what so you are the field. king of ego. I don't understand what you're talking about right now. And he's like, you're just, you need to stop acting like you're famous. You're not a star. And don't talk to TMZ ever again that you should never, ever talk to TMZ. I was like, I didn't know I'm not supposed to talk to TMZ. I didn't know. Nobody gave me a manual on how to be famous. Nobody gave it's like, here, don't do this. Don't do that. There's no do and don't book. Right. Like I don't, I didn't know that. What had, what had you said to TMZ? Well, that's when TMZ was having this whole thing with the black, uh, females that aren't funny and stuff and they had these auditions and stuff and what I said to TMZ is not what TMZ um, posted up that's mm -hmm. not what they put out but they had contacted me 
And they asked me, did I do the audition? I said, yeah, I went to the audition, but it wasn't really an audition. It was more like a show. And that kind of made me mad. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, I've auditioned for SNL before. And when I have, it was just the producers. You know, uh, this was at the Groundlings Theater. And it was a freaking show. People bought tickets to it. I'm when I when people buy tickets to something I'm on, I usually get paid. I didn't get paid not one dime. Nobody told me there was, was going to be an audience. Stunt, do you think? Oh, gosh, I I really feel like that's what it was. Yeah. And it was packed with you know all the other actresses knew that it was a show. Knew that it, people were buying tickets. They had all their fans there. I'm like I could have had my fans here. Like it really that upset me. And then um, they were like, well, was well, Lauren Michael there? No, he wasn't there. That was the first audition. He never comes to the first audition he's there in new york like that's where you go like so um and they're like oh so do you feel like um snl is like what did the guy say he's like do you feel like they're um being uh, discriminatory towards black women i was like look and this is what i said exactly what i said i said look i've produced projects before and i know from experience when you're producing you know who you want you have an idea of what you want and it's if you can get that person that you want. And if you can't, you have auditions to have backup plans, right? And I feel like a lot of times in Hollywood, people already know who they want. They got the offer out. They've signed the paper, but they still have the auditions because of union regulations or whatever. And at that point, I feel like they wasting a black woman's gas money in time. And that's when gas prices was like $5 a gallon, you know? Like, <laughs> like I could have been at home. I didn't have to come here to this. Uh, and so... I was kind of upset because I felt like uh, and I already have friends that work there in that they knew they told me like, oh, yeah, they want this person. They want that person. And that's exactly who they hired. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they did. So you wasted my money and my time and got your hopes up, except that it sounds like your hopes weren't that up because you realized it was not a legit audition. Yeah, as soon beginning. as I walked in there and I saw that line of people, I was like. Oh, hell no. I wanted to turn around and walk away. But it's like, you know, you never turn around and walk, never turn around from an opportunity. You know, you just go through with it, even though, you know, like this could be. But actually, it was a great thing because, you know, TMZ posted what they posted. Some about that. I said, yeah, what it was did they a, say you said? That I said it was a dog and pony show. And I was upset that Lauren Michaels wasn't there and that, um, mm. that Tiffany Haddish says that SNL is wasting ga- uh, black women's gas money and time. And I'm like, I, I didn't say it was SNL. I said Hollywood. <laughs> I didn't say, you know, but. Um, it got me so much exposure and started getting people to pay attention to me that I got to be on like CNN news and all these different things. And then it was like, uh, casting people like open their doors to me and stuff. And then Dane went off on me. And when Dane went off on me, he kept saying, you're not a star. You're just not a star. And I was like, you're right, Dane. I'm not a star. I'm a motherfucking unicorn. I'm the last black unicorn. See, you're being an asshole right now. This is the shit I'm talking about. You're being a fucking asshole. Am I being an asshole? Cause you have an asshole too. So I guess we're two assholes farting at each other and he's like see you're a fucking dick i said no you have a dick i have a pussy <laughs> everything he was saying i was like going back and forth and it was fucking making him mad because i mean i think quick and i just i don't tolerate like and i was smiling the whole time mm-hmm. like that's i guess that's like my best attribute and my worst like in an argument especially if i'm not mad if it doesn't have like if i didn't initiate it I'm going to smile at you the whole time. You can be cussing me out, calling me every name in the book, and I'm going to respond, but I'm going to be smiling all through that response. And that's pretty much how I got divorced, too, because <laughs> it would be arguing with me and I would just be smiling like, nah, I don't think so. That's not how I see it. And then that motherfucker <laughs> choked the shit out of me and it was over. 
Yeah. So what happened with your marriage? Oh, man, that, it got abusive. How fast? Like, was there uh, a, a year in? Period? Okay. A year in. Um, I mean, I. you know what? Before we actually got married, I saw signs of it. But I thought, oh, that's because I was drunk. That I probably said something stupid. I what, I brought that. That's my fault. What were the signs? Um. Oh, he choked me. Oh. <laughs> he choked me. Okay, but that's I a thought, big one. But I thought, yeah, that was a huge sign, right? And then he wouldn't let me leave the house. But I thought that's also a big one. <laughs> I thought that's because I was drunk. You know, mm-hmm. and I blamed myself. I blamed myself for that. And a lot of times, women, if you're listening, uh, don't blame yourself. I mean, here's the thing that's so awesome about men. They are definitely in control of who they are. They're stronger than us. They are men. And a lot of times they don't get to express their emotions the way they want to because society doesn't allow them to. And sometimes you need to learn to just shut the fuck up and don't respond at all. For your safety, you mean? Yeah. When a dude's mad, when they get their bloodshot red eyes and he yelling at the top of his lungs, don't smile. Don't smile. Don't make a mean face either. Just shut the fuck up. So you, that's what I learned. Are <laughs> it almost sounds like you're still blaming yourself. No, well, no. You shut up and you leave. You I get see. out of the situation, but just like don't engage. Don't engage the like. That's like a dog barking and then you like trying to pet it. You know, uh, or trying to kind of, like if the dog is viciously barking and there's spit coming out of his mouth, don't reach your hand out to it. Right. You know, if it, but if it's just yapping, then okay, well, I can yap with you. But if it's some vicious, like you, you can feel anger. You feel the, 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 ah, the hostility, the explosion. Yeah. You probably want to shut the fuck up. You probably want to stand down. Do, did you not recognize the threat? Mm-mm. Cause I had never been involved in a violent relationship before. I had never been involved in anything like that before mm. so i just thought you know oh it's it's me you know it's me i did this to him i need to you know i should have listened better i should have not said it. i shouldn't have been smiling in his face and i definitely shouldn't have been drunk were there similarities to because your mom beat you as well after the accident too. he's just like her how so like in the way they lose their temper in the way, like I married my mom. Yeah. I, I definitely married my mom. How smart he is, how business savvy he is. Like he's just like my mom, how funny he is. All that stuff. Like he, for sure, for sure. I married my mom. So how long were you married to him? Five years. And it, it was abusive for the last four. Yeah. Well, like it was like once a year he would pop off Jeez. once a year. And then that last year, that last year, um, uh, he didn't like, cause we, I left him at, at year three, I left him. And then, so like we were apart for a year, but we were still married. We still see each other and stuff, but I just wouldn't live in the same house as him. Were you living in this amazing house with him? Is that where you were living in Savannah? No, no, no. We were in LA. No, no. My my coochie was good enough to get in the (laughs) transplant. (laughs) We were living in an amazing house in Los Angeles. Gotcha. And, um, but uh, I was uh, that la- the f- year, year four or year three, I left. And so that whole year we um, lived apart and then we both went to counseling. We both did all this stuff, you know, to get better, to be like anger management better and all that stuff. And um, then we got back together and then I just realized I didn't like him anymore. Mm. I just did not like this motherfucker. Like I just 
Like, I love them, but I just don't like you. I don't like looking at you. I don't like laying next to you. When you touch me, I feel like I'm being molested. I just didn't like them no more. And it was like, you know, I, I, I just had to tell them one day, like, you know, I, when we got together, I felt like you was my best friend. You was my savior. You was like my mama, my daddy, my, you was my everything. And now I realize that's not probably healthy for mm-hmm. a relationship. You shouldn't be my entire existence, my everything. You should be my best friend and my husband, my partner. Not like I looked at him as a parent figure kind right. of. And so um, just like a child with their parents, you want to get away from their ass. And so <laughs> <laughs> I got away from his ass and I divorced them. And now we're cool. We we cool. We both learned a lot. And um, I don't think I'll ever be with him again. And I'm and I'm sure he feel the same way about me because I mean, I I tortured his ass. I wasn't the nicest when I think about it. Like I was kind of mean and cold. And um, that last year was hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard, but our house was nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that last year was hard. Was there a, well, so it, am I hearing correctly that it wasn't the abuse that was the final straw? It was you realizing you just didn't like him. Yeah, I didn't like him and I could see it coming again. Mm-hmm. You know, like the you could see it. You, yeah, you could, I could see it like getting ready to happen and maybe I'll be the initiator this time. Oh, so that's what I'm like, yeah, I got to get out of this. Because that third year when I left, um, boy, that was that was like a straight up. That was a hootenanny right there. That was a brawl. That was <laughs> what happened. That was crazy. <laughs> I don't even know if hootenanny the right word, but I think that's so. a, that's the uh, first time I tried to fight him. I tried to fight him. I tried to fight him back. Like, you know, and, and mind you, he was a police officer. Right. Okay. He was like, he's been trained to uh, restrain and whoop ass. That's, <laughs> and, you know, they, and also trained to kill. Mm-hmm. And so, and I feel like I almost died that day. And, what was the fight over? Do you remember? Oh, yes. Over a text message, honey. <laughs> Them damn cell phones will get you mad all the time. And he was on this whole, like, you can't get text messages or phone calls after 10 o'clock because that's disrespecting our relationship. I feel like we should have agreement. I don't care if it is your grandma calling oh it should God. just be you know me and you at that time it's our time i'm like yeah but i'm a comedian and sometimes a club will call me at 10 like where are you you should be here or you know uh and and, and so he was like <laughs> he was like this one night we were leaving the laugh factory we're in my corvette um uh, yes i had a corvette 1998 <laughs> i felt like a barbie yes bitch and then uh we're driving down the freeway it's 12 32 a.m i will never forget it uh 12 32 a.m and he gets a text message and it says across the phone it comes up on the phone ava why you be lying and mm. i'm like who the fuck is ava i didn't say that right away i was like okay what did i learn in class yeah take deep breath be calm, you know, don't be confrontational. I'm looking at myself in the window, like a <laughs> Lifetime movie, like, you can do this. <laughs> you can be nice. Just be sweet. And then it was something like I just wasn't feeling right. Like, it was just like, I don't know if it was my hormones or yeah. what, but I was just feeling like all this rage inside and just anger in my heart and just feeling like, you ever, like I just felt trapped and confined. And now I'm being trapped and confined by a dude that's not even loyal. Like, right. why is this chick? No female's going to text that I don't know. At 1230 something in the morning without there being something going on. Mm-hmm. And he was giving me grief before we went to the show. Like he didn't want to go to the show. And I'm like, well, don't come to the show. Like, really, I don't want you at my shows. Like, how am I, how am I going to talk shit about you if you're sitting right there? <laughs> like, I really don't want you there. And, um, and he said, no, I'm going to go anyway. I'm going to come. So then 
I snatch his phone up. Right, I ask him who is Ava, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're seeing things. Something wrong with your eyes. You got your imagination is getting away with you. Like now, you're trying to make me feel like I'm crazy. And then, so I snatch the phone, and he's trying to get it back from me. And I text back, um, uh, "Why you say Why you say that?" And she texts back immediately, like she's a professional text messenger. <laughs> um, she texts back immediately because you said you were coming by tonight to give me some money to get my nails and hair done. And I'm like, oh, you don't get my nails and hair done. You getting this bitch nails and hair yeah. done? Who is she? Is she like some family member or something that I don't know about? <laughs> like, cause you don't get my hair. Like when I say, hey, babe, I want to get my hair done. Hey, babe, my nails are all broke. I need to get my nails done. You tell me, get your, get your stage up, get your money up, go get your shit done. You don't get it done for me. Right. But you can get this strange bitch nails and hair done. Who is this bitch? She not, is she sucking your dick every day? Cause I know I'm doing that. So then, um, oh man, that's that's a commitment. Well, yeah, my grandma taught me that's something you have to do if you want to keep a husband, and I did not like it either. It was a chore. Wait, so, your grandma really said every day if you want to keep a husband. That's, yeah, like if he has real, a job, if he's if he has a job, if he's paying the you know the bills and all that stuff, he's making sure bills are paid and he's doing his responsibility as a husband. It, the least you can do as a wife is make sure there's food to be cooked and make sure he doesn't leave the house with no white stuff. Because that's poison and that will taint his mind and somebody else Wait, will take him. Sorry, what does that mean? Leave the house with no white stuff? No, no semen. Oh, oh. So you have to make sure it we gets gotta out. You got to drain it. You got to drain it every day. You got to drain the tank. Man. What do you think, Jeff? What a good wife your grandma would have been. I don't know that I'd give that advice, but I wouldn't say it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one's going to say it's wrong. <laughs> It just might be, you know, 110% when 30% will suffice. Yeah. I'm going to plead the fifth. Is that a thing I can do here? <laughs> sure. That's what she said. If he take, if he don't have a job, then he don't get it. And so when he was like, he would be in between jobs, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't do And then No, you're not bringing home no, I'm doing it. So you hook me up. Right. You know. And then, um, so yeah, so anyways, so we in the car, so then I was going off or whatever. Well, I kind of just, I kept repeating myself. That's what happened. I what, kept going, who saying? is Ava? Right. Who is Ava? Who is Ava? Who is Ava? Why you say, why does she say you be lying? Though? Why is she saying you lying? Though? Why? So you getting her hair and nails done. You getting her hair and nails done, but you're not getting mine done. Who the fuck is Ava? Who is she? Where did you meet her? Don't sit up here and tell me you don't know. Don't sit up here and tell like I started. Is that what he get, was saying? Yeah. He's like, I don't know. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But no, you know who she is. Stop acting like you don't know who she is. Who is she? Who is she? Who is she? Who is she? And then he trying to get the phone from me. So I was trying to text her back. I said, you don't want to tell me? It's cool. I'm finna text her. Well, you know my wife be spending up all my money and i said that out loud right and i started to text it and then he snapped he tried to snatch the phone and he he choked me a little bit he got that one hand around my throat and grabbed the phone my head hit the window and then i snapped i started swinging on him punching him i was kicking everything he jumped out the car talking about him it was like chris brown and rihanna i ain't care i ain't afraid to fight no woman i'll fight you i ain't afraid to fight no woman so he come around the other side to try to open up the door i grabbed a pool stick out the back of the trunk because you know the corvettes could reach into the trunk so i grabbed the pool stick out i started swinging at him like i'm a jedi you know (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, I ain't scared to whoop your ass. And then he was like, you can walk the rest of the way home. And I'm like, I ain't walking nowhere. This is my motherfucking car. And so um, I jumps back in the car. Then he starts driving. He's like, you just need to calm down. Keep your hands off of me. I was like, you keep your motherfucking hands off me, right? And then I'm just. Did anyone have like, had contact been made aside from the choke? Like, had he punched uh, you? No, or? he didn't punch me. And then he just kept uh, trying to restrain me by the throat and stuff. And then I just was swinging. I was hitting him. Like, let's yeah. keep it real. I was really, I really thought I was messing him up. I really thought, like, these two fists right here, I thought I was beating his ass. <laughs> I really, really did. <laughs> didn't put a scratch on him. Didn't do shit. I didn't do shit to him. Right. And then we get we get to the house. He pulls in the driveway or whatever. We pull in the garage. And I'm like, you going to give me the keys to this car so I can leave. Give me the keys to my car so i can leave he's like i ain't giving you the keys and shit well give me the cell phone so i can talk to ava i ain't giving you no cell phone you gonna give me the keys or you gonna give me the phone he's like i ain't giving you nothing and then and then i remember i like did a two finger poke in the side of his head and i guess that's when that's when he snapped and when i two finger poked him and he's like choking me then i jumped out like i, I like got out of his hands jumped out the car and then we was just in the garage just tussling i was trying to get them keys or the phone that's all i wanted he slammed me into the shelves in the garage, knocked everything on the ground, slammed me into the ground, slammed me into the wall. Oh like, I was not stopping, though. I was like, night of the living dead. You're not going to stop me till you kill me. And then, but once I went, um, once I went head first into the wall, I kind of slowed down. And then yeah. I was like, I'll just get the keys to the other car. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> started to think rationally get the keys to the other car and then you know i'm i remember that i bit him i know i hit i know i hit him with that pull stick once across the back and I, like i really thought i fucked him up i really did i really in my heart of hearts believed i whooped his ass you know i felt like i was winning and then i got in the car and I had, um, I got in the car. It was me and the little white dog. I got the little white dog. I don't know why I got the dog, but I got the dog and the keys to the truck. And I jumped in the car and I drove off. And then I'm driving off and I'm like, what the fuck just happened right now? That was, that was so crazy. And I was like, my face hurts really bad. My back hurts really bad. What to do? I can't go back. I can't go home. I don't want to go back home. I don't want to go home to him. And what to do? And then I just thought I had just seen a thing on Oprah about domestic violence and you should go to the police. Right. So I drive around the corner to the police station and they were closed. <laughs> like, yeah. How's the police closed. And I called. They had like a little yellow phone emergency because I didn't have my phone with me or nothing. Right. And so I call on the emergency phone they had right there outside. And then the policeman comes out and he looked like so irritated. And um, I was like, look, I, I don't really know what to do. I, I Were mean, you all fucked up? Girl, I was so fucked up. I didn't realize how fucked up I was. Like, I had no clue how messed up mm -hmm. I really was. And um, <laughs> I just thought, like, I was just, like, a little sore, right? Like, it's just sore, whatever. And uh, the police officer, he looked, like, irritated when he came out the door. And he saw my face. He was like, ma'am, what happened to you? What happened to you, ma'am? I was like, what do you mean what happened? And it was like marks like throat marks all like handprints oh. all around my throat um, my back was all bruised up my legs was all bruised up I had this huge knot like by my eye it was all messed up uh, I guess from going head first into the wall and um, they were like I was like y'all need and this is what I told the police I was like y'all need to put me in a jail cell right now he was like well I said you need to lock me up cause I'm pretty sure I killed that motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> 
was like, man, what happened? I said, I got into an altercation with my husband. I hit him with a pull stick and he's pretty much dead. <laughs> they was like, are you sure he's dead? I was like, no, he was walking when I left, but I'm sure he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's gonna die because I hit him with everything I had and I bit him so he's probably gonna get, get infection <laughs> and they were like ma'am do you need an ambulance you need an ambulance I was like I don't need no ambulance I'm good I'm good you need to put me in a jail cell because I'm gonna commit murder if you let me walk <laughs> away from here right now I'm gonna go to the hood I'm gonna get a gun I'm gonna get my homies and we gonna kill that motherfucker tonight that's <laughs> my whole thing and so they were like ma'am take us to the house they had me take them over there's like we gotta see who's more damaged if he's more damaged than you are we will lock you up and i was like that's fine with me you need to put my ass in jail because i'm gonna kill that motherfucker i promise you i swear to god i will be a murderer today and they saw him they said the policeman said when we went into the house this is what the report said we went into the house he was sitting there door wide open like I guess he was waiting for me to come home door wide open with his shirt off watching football <laughs> watching the game there was no he had one bite mark on him and that's it mm. it looked like that was it that was it one bite mark on his arm and that was it and I was like no I was like no no his back his back I hit him in the back of the head I think I hit him in the back of the head that's like no ma'am no you didn't hit him in the head no <laughs> he's fine and so they arrested him and then I uh they gave me like a temporary restraining order and yeah then I moved out yep but he didn't even get like I tried to press charges and all that stuff but because he was like a former police officer oh right nothing nothing wow the detective wouldn't answer my phone calls oh that's frustrating nothing Mm mm-hmm wow were you traumatized by all that? Hell yeah. That was the scariest. Like, I've had some fights, but most of my fights been with women. And that was the scariest fight I ever had. I really thought I was going to die that night. I was like, one of us is going to die today. Yeah. Because I'm sick of it. Yep. But then I found out Ava was a chick at the barbershop that used to shampoo dudes hair. And he um, promised her, because her, her grandmother had passed away or whatever, that he would kick her down some money so she can get her nail and hair done for the funeral. Oh, so he wasn't even cheating. That's what he say. Oh. But his homeboy that yeah. cut his hair, right? A year later, uh, a year after we got divorced, tried to holler at me at the comedy club, came to the comedy show and was like trying to like mack on me. And I'm like, dude, I'm not interested. No, thank, like, no, thank you. And he was like, well, I just think you should know that he was fucking with Ava. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Hmm. In your gut, what do you think? And he was fucking with Ava. Okay. Do you yeah. still have the dog? Yep. Still got the dog. Good. Yep. I got both the dogs. Mm-hmm. So what now? Wait, was that the last straw or did you go back after? No, you did not go back. What, no, go I did back? go back after that. Did. Yeah, okay. I did go back after a year. I went back and um, I see that was what happened before the year apart. Mm-hmm. That's the last time we put our hands on each other when he put his hands on me. You know, I put my hands on him like that. Right. And then you went back because you missed him. But because because I believe like because I made this commitment, like once I make a commitment to something, I really try to follow through. And especially like I like I've never been like really baptized or anything because I feel like that's a commitment to God to say, like, this is what I'm going to do. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be this person. And I know that I can't be that person. So I never got baptized. Right. So then also. You know, I made this. This is my first commitment in front of God. I married this man. I said, I'm going to be here for 
thick and thin, no matter what sickness, health, all that. Like I'm a compromise with him. I'm a, we're going to be a team together. We're going to build something fantastic together. And, um, and, and I guess that's something that like watching my mom, like no matter what she still believes she's married, like that's going to be, you know, this is the commitment that I made. I put a tie my soul to this man, no matter what. And so, um, but then I had a reality check and was like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to commit to something and we both not happy, you know, but let him tell her he was happy and that I was his heart. Not like you talk to him today. He he don't remember nothing bad. Does he feel remorse for putting his hands on you? Yeah. Yeah. He apologized for that all the time. And he he took some more class and did all this stuff, you know, but it like at that point it didn't matter anymore. Cause like, I just. I don't like you. And I feel like, and they have like PTSD or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I, like if he reached out to me, I'd be like, Ugh. like if it's a dark, a dark room and he reaching out to hug me, like I get scared. Or if we was like intimate and then he happened to touch my neck, I like flinch up and like want to fight like instantly. Like I have issues. Right. Now I want to counsel and still for that shit. <laughs> I heard you say that the counselor told, said that you had battered woman syndrome. Yeah. Um, I've heard that before, but what, what does that mean? You know what? I really don't know, but I guess it means, um, uh, you are, I don't know. Like I'm wondering, I mean, I, mean, I guess it means like what exactly what like I just described. Like, you know, you want, you want to do like, you want to make this man happy. You want to make this person happy so they don't hit you no more that they don't like. And he didn't, and, and like, if you ask him, he said, I never hit you. I just hugged you with my hands. <laughs> like, Who wants that kind of hug? Right. So maybe it means you. I don't know, Google it, Jeff. What does it yeah, mean? Yeah, find out. <laughs> I imagine it means you make excuses for your abuser. Right. And you blame yourself. Exactly. What I did all through my childhood with my mom. Yeah. She had an accident. She's supposed to be like, it's Okay. She's, you know, she's sick. It's it's okay that she knocked my teeth out. That's all right. She knocked your teeth out? Girl. <laughs> Is that the least, like, that, that's just the beginning of it? Man, she used to choke me too all the time. It was crazy. I remember throwing a table at her, like flipping a whole table on her. Like, we used to fight a lot. Even when I was in foster care, she would come to visit. Like, when my grandma got custody of us, she would come to visit, and she would we would end up fighting. And it was just you, not the other kids? She would never fight them. And, it, you know, my dad, my father used to beat my mom up. So your biological I, father? Yeah, my biological yeah. father beat my mom up a couple of times. And I think that had a lot to do with, because she always would say, you look like your ugly ass daddy. You ain't ever. And I feel like she like would have flashbacks. Right. And like, so, and then, but I look just like her. So sometimes I wonder if she just hate herself. Probably all of that. Mm-hmm. So here's a little bit about battered person syndrome. I'm going to make it a little PC so okay. everybody can be included. Thank you. Tell me if any of this rings a bell. Um, consists of the following symptoms. Re-experiencing the battering as if it were occurring even when it is not. Mm-hmm. Attempts to avoid the psychological impact of the battering by avoiding activities, people, and emotions. Mm-hmm. Not as much. Or yes. I don't avoid activities, people... I do experience my emotions, but I try to turn them into jokes. Mm-hmm. Hyperarousal or hypervigilance? What that mean? I mean, when I, I get super horny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also being, I want to defend people. Like yeah. 
wanting to keep yourself safe all oh, the time. Yeah, like yeah. overly defensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got security cameras, guns, all that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Disrupted interpersonal relationships. What the interpersonal? What's that? Like, like how personal? are your friendships and your dating and stuff like that? Oh, your no, close my, relationships. My close relationships are dope. Like, uh, I've had the same friends for probably twenty years plus. And but dating, though, soon as a dude starts to get like uh, try to argue with me. I shut down now and let them do all the talking and then I never talk to them again. Interesting. I shut it down. Body- I'm not, I never talk, but I just kind of like right. you know, slowly disappear. <laughs> Body image distortion. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Sometimes. Somatic concerns, which I think means sleep problems. Yes. For mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. I got that for sure. And then sexual sexuality and intimacy issues. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. When I, with him, yeah, with him, because yeah, yeah, when he would touch me after that fight, if he would touch me, I would always feel like I'm being molested. I always felt like this is a molester. Mm-hmm. And so here, here are the recurring beliefs and attitudes that a BPD person would have. Uh, thinks the abuse or the abused person thinks that the violence was his or her fault. Mm-hmm, sounds mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. the case. The abused has an inability to place the responsibility for the violence elsewhere. No, it's only his fault, too. Okay, that's good. <laughs> You're making progress. Yeah, that was his fault, too. Maybe the first time I blame myself, but no, that was his fault. He could have controlled s- himself. Say it's his fault yeah. entirely. The, yeah, yeah, he could have watched a football game. Yeah, he, he was obviously DVRing it. He could have watched mm-hmm. it later. <laughs> uh, the abused fears for her life and or the, the lives of the loved ones whom the abuser might threatened with mm-hmm, harm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and oh this is an interesting one the abused has an irrational belief that the abuser is omnipresent or omniscient i mean you're going to turn the corner and he's going to be there he knows yes, everything yes but in this case he, he might did be. know everything yeah. girl i found out he had a uh, one of them alarm clock cameras in the in the bedroom oh, oh really yes girl he was recording everything like he knew stuff like I would try to plan things for him and you know how you talk to your girl like girl okay so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do this and this and that and then he would already know mm. and I never could figure out how he knew I started to think like he must have like magic powers or like he's tapped Psychic, into the right. like is he tapped, tapped into my phone line and what like and he was a private investigator too for a while so he had like yeah he had access to all kind of stuff mm-hmm. so you said that now when you're dating someone if they ever start to yell at you, you kind of shut down Mm -hmm. and move away. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you able to tolerate like any sort of conflict? Because I, very different background, um, but grew up around rage. And I can't, I really am really uncomfortable with yelling and with conflict and any of that stuff. I'm uncomfortable with it, but I'll tolerate, like I'll do like in the moment, I'm not going to run away. I'm going to be like, I'm going to talk with a calm voice. I'm not mm-hmm. going to smile. I'm not going to, you know, it, unless I really feel like it's something that I could really like, it's going to be really funny and this might turn this person around. I'm not going to crack any jokes really too much unless I feel like it's going to turn them around or make them think about what they're saying. And I'm going to wait till they finish yelling or whatever they got to let them get everything out. And then I'm going to s- state my point of view. Um, but like with, with Dane, like I didn't think he would try to like beat me up at mm-hmm. the comedy club or anything. So yeah, we go, I'm going back and forth. Everything he say, I'm counteracting it. I'm, I was being, <laughs> I was being an asshole. <laughs> I, was, I was smiling in his face and just boom, 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 going back and forth with him till he just stomped off, you know? 
if I thought that he was going to uh, like jump on me or something, then I probably would have been, I would have got way, I would have shut down, but I didn't think he would do that. I didn't feel that kind of energy. I just felt like he was just really frustrated with something and it wasn't necessarily me. He just took it out on me. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, my cousin, I just bailed her out of jail and she went completely berserko on me after, um, I mean, she lost her shit after I had posted something on Facebook about, uh, there was this white guy talking about why black people can't advance in America. And it's because we don't invest in ourselves. We don't get it, like open our own groceries. Do you remember? I don't know what his name is, but it's on my Facebook page. Okay. I let, I left it up there and, um, I had tagged her and all my family members because I'm like, Hey, you guys, whatever you love to do, let me invest in it and let's start a business. Like my cousin, she loved to steal. That's what she does. She steals. So how about <laughs> I invest in you? We build a business plan and you go to these major corporations and you t- teach them how people steal from them and you can get paid for that. That's a, I think that's a business. I think corporations a really would, good idea. would pay. Yeah to hear from your thieving ass on how you've been stealing and so they can prevent their mm-hmm. stuff, stuff from really getting lost prevention right she's like bitch I don't want to do that and then her auntie she likes selling drugs so I'm like look let's open up a pharmacy let's just open up a pharmacy let's get the license in let's do whatever let's open up a pharmacy it can't be that much it's 20 30,000 you know we can get a small business loan and open up a pharmacy you've never had you don't have no bad credit because you never done anything with your credit you just been selling dope so let's just invest you know i put in 10 you put in 10 she put in like and start a business and they're like i don't know that you think you're better than us i'm like no i'm just trying to keep you from going to jail but did you meet did you intend it no, in so, a tongue-in-cheek way? No, or? no. I have been saying this for the last five okay. years. I've been telling them this, right? So then this guy talking about it, and he's talking about how, you know, we're killing each other. We this, we that, you know. So I posted it up, and he was talking about Oprah need to put open up a grocery store in America. Why don't she open up a grocery store? Uh, Mayweather, he's buying all these fancy cars and fly watches and all these diamonds and all this stuff, but he's not doing anything for the community. We need to be doing stuff for each other, like do stuff for the community. And that's something that I believe in and that I want to do. So I tagged every single one of my family members, everybody in my family, I tagged and everybody who claims they my family, I tagged. And so my cousin goes off. She's like, you ain't never walked a day in my shoes. You think you better than me tagging that, putting that white man up there, tagging me in that, tagging my family in it. I said, I'm tagged our family first off. And if you followed the entire family, you would see that there's over 20 people tagged in that shit, but you don't follow everybody in the family. So you don't see that. And it's not about you. It was in general saying, Hey, I said on there, I talk to my friends and family about this all the time. This is what we need to do. We need to team up and do this. I mean, Jewish people do it all the time. Hispanic people do it. Every culture does it. They team up together. They open up something in their community and they start their own business. And then it turns into an empire. But you can't do it if you're constantly hating on each other. If you're constantly fighting each other. If you're constantly trying to say, oh, you think you're better than me. I never said I was better than you. That's your personal thought. I think you fly. Your hair lay down better than mine. Your booty look better than mine. Your body's better than mine. You smarter than mine. You know how to put, you don't have no purse and you walk out of there with $200 worth of merchandise. How do you do it? How does she do it? I don't know, (laughs) but she does it. She's a fucking, her prestidigitation is crazy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like you, like, I think she's super talented and she can do all these different things. And I'm always like, I look up to, like, I thought she was my sister the first five years of my life. I love my cousin, but for her. And so I get her out of jail. I get her the best lawyer. I did, I did, I did. And like, you know what? And then she cussed me out. 
She told me, you ain't shit, blah, blah, blah. I fucking hate you. Yeah, thank you for getting me out of jail. Yeah, thank you for getting me the lawyer, but fuck you, bitch. You think you better than me. And I'm like, no, I really don't. I really don't think that. I really think, like, you have beautiful daughters. You have all this awesome stuff. I don't have any kids. You know, all I got is this career and two dogs and a cat. That's all I got in a bank account that I want to put, I want to invest in you. So that makes me a bad person, though. Yeah. That makes me a, I think I'm better than you, bitch. It's interesting. I almost wonder if without that Facebook post, this still would have come up. Oh, yeah. It would have came you, up. It would have came up some, some kind of way. Out. Some kind of way. It would have came up. Yeah. And then I didn't ask her for any money back. All I asked because I was, I'm producing this project, I'm working on this project, right? And I needed some game bankers. And I haven't been in the hood like that. I haven't been, and most of the game bankers I know are in jail. So I haven't really been, she's in the hood like that. So I say, look. I bailed you out of jail. You ain't got to pay me a dime back. Just bring me four gangbangers. I'm going to make my money back regardless. Just bring me the gangbangers. So she gets the gangbangers. I'm like, bet. And then I still even, out of the amount of money I made off of doing that project, I broke her off, steal some more money. And then then she was like, why you doing that? I ain't even do nothing. You got me the gangbangers. I made the money back that I bailed you out of jail with. Then some. It was a great investment. And I'm giving you, here's some, thank you. Now you don't have to go stealing this week. Like, but I'm scandalous. That sucks. Yeah. What was the project you produced? Uh, it's a little, it's a little thing with the, with the, uh, uh, oh my God, was it Killer Mike? Uh, and it's, the name is still in the mix, but it's on FX, it's on FX and it's, uh, it's dealing with political issues, things that are going on right now. And like, and the, is it like a series or yeah, it's a series and we're trying to deal with like s- serious issues in a humorous way mm-hmm. so like getting gangs enfranchised you know these are big they're big business you know but it, you know uh tv shows and movies use crips and bloods and all that and they don't make any money they use the name of that like they're uh, right now uh barbershop a three movie that movie they're talking about you know the disciples and all that but the disciples ain't getting a dime off of that you know, they're, cause they're not, they're not a business. They're not trademarked. So it's like if you trademarked your game, even just your emblem or your name, anybody use it, they gotta pay. That's what Hell's Angels did. That's what them white boys did. And Disney paid them a shitload of money. <laughs> so then I figured out a way to do that in a humorous way. And then talk, like I did another segment on there, uh, about abortion and how like, I don't know if you noticed this, but abortion clinics near every abortion clinic, there's a McDonald's or a Burger King because when you come up out of there, you're hungry. <laughs> hmm, think about it. Get rid of an egg, replace it with an egg McMuffin. <laughs> and you're in that segment or you produce I'm in that segment and I produced that segment. The other segment, um, I produced the gangbanger one I produced and yeah. So, so this has not aired yet though. No, right? it has it not aired like yet. It's, still... it's going it's it's it'll probably go really soon. Cool. I don't want to say the name or nothing yet because we haven't decided. Because you don't know the name. It's not locked in. Yeah. Well, have untitled project. Keep their eyes peeled mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just to go back to something we had talked about at the beginning, just because I know my, I have my listeners who will be like, but you never explained this part. Um, <laughs> I was asking you about the homelessness, the three times mm-hmm. and 
what decisions you or like what you learned or what decisions you had made that led to it. Mm-hmm. So the first time I was homeless, that's because I didn't go to college. I wanted to stay, and my grandma was like, "I'm not getting paid oh, right. for you, you no more." You got into NYU. Yeah, and um, I wanted to stay, so I went to Santa Monica Community College instead. And she was like, "Look, I'm not getting paid for you no more. You can't stay here, and you got friends. You got to go. You can go somewhere." So. Um, I had me a little car and I pretty much stayed in the car and I like moved in with my auntie and I was giving her money. I got me a job at an airline and, and, um, and I was going to Santa Monica. Then, um, I became homeless again. Uh, <laughs> and that was like some, that was on some stupid stuff. Well, no, it wasn't really that stupid. They was, they sold the building that I was living mm-hmm. in and I knew, and I should have like, you know, saved my money up, stacked my money up and did, but instead I put all my money in acting classes and pretty clothes to wear on auditions and stuff like that. And then I didn't have nowhere to go. And, um, it, I thought that this dude that I was dating, I thought he would just be like, yeah, come stay with me, but didn't work out like that. And so I was like in my car and I was teaching dance at a youth center. So and at that youth center, they had a shower there. So I would shower there or shower at my friend's house on the weekends and stuff and sleep in my car. Or if my friends would let me stay over, stay at their place, you know, but I didn't really want people to know because I was kind of like ashamed because it's like I got a job. I'm doing comedy. I've been on a couple of TV shows. and I don't have nowhere to live. I don't have a, my roof over my head is my Geo Metro. And that is fucking horrible. And I always had suitcases in the car. And um, and. <laughs> And then the last time, the last time I was homeless, that was awesome. That was, that was just, I didn't like the way my life was going. And so I just left, you know, I just left and I just thought like, I did it twice. I can do it again. And then, uh, Kevin Hart saw that shit in my car. <laughs> he was like, what the hell's going on with you? I was like, nothing. I'm good. I'm good. And I was like really tired. And we were doing a comedy playground at the Laugh Factory on Wednesdays. Uh, that was like, man, that was like probably 10 years ago now, 11 years ago. And, uh, he, uh, he was like, something's wrong with you. I was like, nothing wrong with me. And he was like, what is all, why do you have all them suitcases, them <laughs> big ass suitcases in the car? And I was like, I live there, Kevin. God dang it. I live there. And he was like, we're going to talk after this. And so afterwards he talked to me and he was like, look, you are pretty girl. You should never be sleeping in your car. You're too beautiful. You should, I was like, yeah, but I don't want to, I don't want to have to have sex with somebody to have a roof over my head. I just, I really don't want to go down that path. Is that how he meant it? He meant like, you're so pretty. You could find a dude. Yeah. You should, there's all these dudes out here. Like yeah. you should like, and you shouldn't be driving a car like that. You're a beautiful girl. You should have a nicer car than a geo Metro. Like, and, and all this stuff he was saying, I should, 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 but and my whole thing was I'm not about to like I had integrity I thought mm-hmm. like in my mind I had integrity and I had uh, a lot of pride and so I rather sleep in the Beverly Hills in my car yeah I was gonna ask where would you where would you put your car to sleep in it yeah in Beverly Hills like right <laughs> off of Rodeo or Doheny or something like that you know in front of the most beautiful house and dream like one day that's gonna be my house you know I'd rather do that than then just sleep in some dude's bed in an apartment or on his couch and then wake up and trying to fondle me or something like that. I'm cool. Like, I don't want to live that life. And the dude that I really liked and cared about, he didn't, he didn't look out for me. So then I was like, well, fuck it. So, um, and then this, then, uh, this one of my comedian friends, she was like, you can stay here for a couple of days. And I stayed at her place for a couple of days. And then, um, and that was right before I saw Kevin. Then Kevin said, look, here goes $300. 
and get you a place, like get you a hotel room or something, you know, and get collect your thoughts and make a plan. You need a plan. You should have a plan. And I was like, okay. So I got like the, I went to the, um, the snooty Fox on Western and Martin Luther King, which was like an hourly hotel. Like you can get it for like three hours for like 20 bucks. <laughs> so I went there, took a shower, took a little nap, wrote out a little plan. And then my friend, uh, her name was Marlo Williams, sexy Marlo. Um, I stayed with her for a couple of days before that. And, uh, she called me. She's like, girl, guess what? My homeboy got a place. You should holler at him. He got a, he got a spot. You should talk to him. So then I talked to him and he, he's like, yeah, my friend, he, uh, owns all these buildings and his crackhead just moved out. And he said he got this one empty apartment. It's only $500 a month. I said, where's it at on Crenshaw and Adams? I said, shut up. I'm coming over there. Where's me the address? So he sent me the address. I go over there. It was a piece of shit. It was <laughs> horrible. It was like definitely crackheads was there, roaches everywhere, Ugh. burn marks in the carpet. Like it was all bad. And I had saved up. I had like 200 bucks of my own money, like $250 of my own money. Then the 300 Kevin gave me. And, um, I told the dude, he was like, yeah, I'm renting it out for $500 a month. That's it. I was like, really? And he's like, yep. And the deposit, I was like, how I don't have a deposit. I have $500 right here in cash right now. I'll give it to you right now. And instead of a deposit, just let me fix it up. Let me change the carpet. Let me change the blinds, all that stuff. And he was like, you'll paint it and everything. I was like, I'll do everything. And he was like, bet. And so he gave it to me and I still have that apartment to this day. And my sisters have stayed there. My aunties, like when I wasn't staying there, like, yeah, I still have it. Like, cause I, I have this fear of like, I never want to be homeless again. Mm-hmm. Never, ever, ever going to do that again. Did you make it all nice? Yeah, girl. I hooked it up, put the ceiling fans in it, put that like expensive carpet in there. Well, it took me like what, four years before I put the expensive carpet <laughs> in there, but I put the expensive carpet in there, painted it real nice. I took the closet doors down and put mirrors for the closet. Like I made it really nice. It was nice. Yeah. It's still nice. Mm-hmm. Let's, this is a lot to take in. Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay, this is where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? Mm -hmm. All right. Tyler Cantrell says, when I make jello, I always want to drink the liquid because I because I want it then and it smells better, but I never do. Um, you know, I have this memory of my mom drinking jello liquid in a cup with ice cubes. I don't I actually buy the uh the little refrigerated sugar-free jellos. So I don't make it from the mix very often. And I wouldn't even normally be eating sugar-free jello except it has very few calories um and so it's something low cal to eat but it's not I don't love jello. If you if you drank it before it became jellified, wouldn't it become jellified in your stomach? No, it's too hot in there. That's oh, it's right. a cold thing that makes yep. it je- uh-huh. mm-hmm. So if you let jello sit out, it'll it gets turn back. real. I don't know if it'll get totally liquidy again, it, but it gets real soft. It gets soft. It mm-hmm. gets liquidy if it's hot. If it sits out somewhere hot, it will liquefy again. Yeah. But mm. me personally, mm-hmm. um, when I make Jello, I make it from the you know from the package or whatever, and I put a little vodka in it, and I drink some, and then I put the rest in the freezer, and then I eat the rest. Later. Smart. What's mm. your uh, favorite flavor? Peach. Oh, and I, I like to mix that with peach to rock. Mm. <laughs> Not that I'm an algae or anything. But. 
It's so good. It's delicious. I haven't had peach jello in a really long time. I forgot they even yeah. made and then you exotic put, like, flavors. Peach slices in there. Mm. Pretty good. Fruit cocktail in it. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. Anthony Campadonico says, oh, wait, no, not that one. Sorry. I'm saving that. He has a specific question for the Thursday gang. So I'm saving that one for Thursday. Leanne Ward says, I get nothing from sports, but I'm a sucker for sports related movies and TV shows. I, I get nothing from sports and also not super into sports related movies and TV shows. You? Mm. I get not too much of nothing from sports unless I'm dating an athlete, but I do like sports related tv show like friday night lights yeah because you get to see all the men's sexy bodies and stuff they be walking around with their shirts off (laughs) hit the floor like oh his shirts off i like that jeff are you into watching sports yes but i can say for very different reasons than (laughs) tiffany (laughs) well that's i feel like sports is a man's way that's your emotional outlet right there that's when you get to yell scream and all that stuff it is it's a it's like soap opera cheap tv drama for guys you get to mm-hmm. be excited about something dumb that's, then, that's actually kind of what i like about it like i don't when people will tease me about liking hockey or football I'll say well i know it's stupid that's why i like it because i can get upset about something stupid when your team once. loses do you cry have you cried on, ever on, on the inside you never cried outside i don't think i've ever cried because of a sports loss no, no, you never had like a bunch of emotions just stacked up on top of each other and then your team loses and then you just go in the bathroom and take a shower and just cry a little bit in the <laughs> shower because you blame it on the team. But really, it's some other shit going on that you ain't talking about. Mm-hmm. I wish that that, sound, that sounds very cleansing. <laughs> you know, no, there, there was a time when the, the Flyers got killed in the NHL finals. Like they lost five games in a row, like just lost it or four games. And and I just I was I was just crestfallen. It was just like it was like somebody deflated. me. I love to watch men talk about sports with other men because it's like when girls talk about babies or children (laughs) or or like, yeah, like this guy did this to me and like we're all emotional with each other. It's the same thing with guys like, yeah. And then could you see I couldn't believe that Jay Rice did this. And oh, man, it's like, oh, this is when they get their passion out. That is a good way of looking at it, because usually I just tune out and I think there's Still talking about it because <laughs> they got all these emotions they're trying to work yeah. through 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 football and hockey and stuff. Joe Saki says, "Wake up early to put effort into my makeup just to look like a drag queen and wipe it off." Hashtag chapstick and mascara. I don't think I've ever done that, but I. So when I was a kid, uh, I really wanted a perm, even though I have naturally curly hair. I get it straightened. <laughs> I have naturally curly hair, and I remember at the salon, someone pointed to like a woman who had real poodly hair and was like, "That's how it's gonna look if you get a perm." I'm like, "I don't care. Everyone cool has a perm. I want a perm." Um, so like, it, why don't we do a water perm, which is just where you you do use the perm rods and you just do it with water, mm-hmm. and it's like it's temporary till you wash it out. So my mom did the whole perm on me with the rods and stuff without the perm solution i went to sleep in the morning i woke up so excited took out all the rods i look i look like a poodle so i instantly got in the shower before i even had a chance to like appreciate my buoyant poodle locks <laughs> that's the only that 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 makes me relate to this just mirror everyone in that it was like a shitload of effort and i didn't even I didn't even puff it out and look and see what it was. I was just like, oh, no way. I got to gotta get this. I got to wash this out. That's how I feel about auditions. Like when I have <laughs> auditions, I like put on all this. Like you got to be a hot fixing. And I'm like putting on all this makeup. Like, okay, here I go. And then I go into the audition. It's three minutes long. I leave and there's nothing else to do with the rest of my day. And then I just wipe all that fucking war paint Yes. Off. 
That is how I often wonder what level of makeup should I be putting on for this thing that I have today? Because I can go all the way from like, this is how I would do my makeup for TV or stage to like, I guess this, which is just natural everyday. Yeah. Stuff. Like, right. Yeah. Um, because I hate that feeling of coming home wearing like the, the push up bra and just being like, I was, this makeup is still fresh, but I'm going to take it off anyway. Cause it's uncomfortable. Right. But it's like, oh, somebody take me somewhere. Yes. So I need to go somewhere. I need to do something. Uh, okay. I'm going to go to the happy hour and just sit there. Maybe somebody will tell me I'm beautiful. Right. <laughs> like it'll do be you, worth it. Do you like auditions? No. I, don't. I mean, I have fun every time. You would think that is my favorite thing to do in the world because when I go in, I go in like this is the most funnest thing in the world because uh, this is my chance to shine. Like I always do every audition, pretty much every audition, like this is my last chance to perform Like, <laughs> and I'm going to give it all I got. And hopefully you can I can help you with your project. Like I always think like I have something to offer that they need. You need something. So here it is. Um it, every audition has been like that, except for that SNL one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Joe says, and by the way, I feel as if I might have done some of these just mirror everyone's. I'm in a bit of a just mirror everyone organizational flow crisis. Tell me, Jeff, if you recognize this one. Okay. Sometimes I pick things off of the menu that I can't pronounce so that I can be surprised by what it is when it arrives. Did we do that one? No, but we did a. There was a very a similar, similar one, one. Last week yes. where it was they afraid to order. Afraid if they to don't order. Know how to pronounce it. Well, I don't do that. I don't like to play roulette that way when I'm at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I need to ask ahead of time all my questions to find out. I'm wondering how you would even order it if you can't pronounce it. You point at it. That's true. Yeah, I don't. Mm-mm. No, you don't, know why? Mm-mm. Because it could have. It could have things that I are absolute deal breakers, like octopus, even though I'm sure that I would like it. Everyone I know likes octopus. It just grosses me out. Or um, rabbit, I don't think I could eat. There's Mm-mm. just certain things, brains, that Ooh, freak no. me out. Oh, no. One time I tried that I was dating this Hungarian bodybuilder. Mm. You tried brains? Yeah, cow brains. Ew. It was disgusting. What did it taste like? Like, sh- ugh. It was nasty. Was it strong? It was chewy. Ugh. It was... I didn't feel any smarter. I'll tell you that. And it, it was spicy as hell. Um, and it was nasty. Yeah. Was I can't he, describe what that taste was. It was, it was brains. Did, was he eating it for some health reason or he just yeah, liked he, it? He ate it. He loved it. And that was like his native food or whatever. And he's like, it makes you strong. It did do these wonderful things for your body. And I'm like, ugh. Yuck. I can't do it. What's the and that was a deal breaker. That was the end of that relationship. <laughs> I was, I was the, it. it was the yeah. third date, and I was like, no more. I don't know why you would show me your culture. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, what's the grossest thing you've eaten? But I feel like brains is pretty high up there. Yeah, I ate rat before. Rat? Yeah, in Japan, How? it was delicious. Really? Yeah, I thought it was chicken on the stick, and I ate it. It was like a cart, like outside or whatever mm-hmm. the like club. Street meat. Yeah, and I ate it. And I was, it was so good. And it was like, you know what you're eating, right? I was like, I don't know, but it's a dollar and it's delicious. Let me get another one. Let me get another one. <laughs> and then um, after my third one, I was like, that's rat. I was like, what? It tastes like chicken. It's so good. And I had one more. Really? Yeah, it was so that good. Okay. I was hungry. Wasn't it tiny little bits of meat? Mm-hmm. It looked like little pieces, like teriyaki little chicken just on a stick. With a tail. Mm, no, I didn't see a tail. There was no tail, but it was good. 
Ew. It's just, I, I admit it's very, very uh, provincial of me to be to think that's gross because there's plenty of stuff. I there really shouldn't be a difference between eating chicken or eating rat or eating this or eating, you know, the thigh muscle versus brains. But culturally, there just is. It is a difference between eating thigh muscle and brains. <laughs> it's the texture difference. That's and true. all kind of. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-mm. Don't do you it. You can taste their thoughts. Yeah, I can taste your thoughts. <laughs> Joanna McDee says, find satisfaction when I'm the only one who has ever used a particular hashtag on Instagram. I don't know if I find that satisfying. I do. You do? I'm like, yeah, I'm the one who started this. You're planting your flag? She ready. <laughs> Sooner Magic says, silently judge another person's DVR fast forwarding skill the same way I would their driving. See, I'm terrible at fast forwarding. I oftentimes will just watch the commercials. I'm like, ooh, Twitter break. Because I can never stop the fast forwarding at the appropriate time. I always go too far or just shy of the show. So I find it frustrating. Yeah, I don't, I don't judge it negatively. I'm only impressed by it. Because I'm terrible at it. I'm like grandpa with the remote. Right. Pointing it at not the DVR. But when people do it and they can nail it and stick the landing, I'm impressed. Now, will you be very impressed by me? Because I'm super good at it. But I can't drive for shit. (laughs) (laughs) What's your driving like? Uh, I drive fast. No, I could drive good, but I drive fast. And people are usually scared when they ride with me. Um, Des says, always super self-conscious when I eat chips in public. Am I chewing as loud as I think I am? Yes, you are. <laughs> no, I don't think I have that. Just I talking about a, chips? Yeah. Eating chips in public. Yeah, I went I, through a phase in eighth grade, uh, where I was so self-conscious all the time. And I remember we were eating lunch inside because it was raining and I would take a bite and I would just be like, I feel like every, I f- I'm so self-conscious eating in front of people. I don't want this in my mouth anymore. I can't, I can't stand having to like, but I was, cra- I mean, no one was staring at me. I just felt like they were, but that's, I think the, the self-consciousness of that age too. I'm self-conscious when I eat watermelon. I, yes, that's it. That's it. I'll eat fried chicken in front of anybody. I don't give a damn. But watermelon, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Is it hot out? Because if it's hot out, everybody going to want some watermelon. All right, I'm going to eat some watermelon. It's hot. Yeah, I guess that'd be like me like reaching over to get a nickel or something. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> but why, why, why do you not feel self-conscious about fried chicken, but you do about watermelon? Because everybody eats fried chicken. I see. I see everybody at Popeye's. I don't just see just like black people at Popeye's. I see everybody at Popeye's. And every nationality has some sort of fried chicken. Mm-hmm. And everybody fries chicken. But everybody don't eat watermelon. That's true. Mm-hmm. A lot of people eat watermelon, though. They do, but, but there's not the. the you don't hang up. see a lot of people just walking down the street eating watermelon, though. That's true. You never see that. Mm-mm. But you do see people walking down the street eating chicken. You do. All right, and lastly, Janelle Gideon says, "Eating a green salad with both chicken and eggs on it grosses me out. Yet I have no problem with chicken salad that has both." Um, you know. I don't have a problem with that, but I know of people who do. They feel it's wrong to the chicken meat in their salad that there's also eggs. I I always feel weird when I see an egg on a green salad. Why? It just it seems out of place to me. It but doesn't I, drive me crazy. I'll eat it, but it's, right. whenever I, I'll see one in those little plastic containers at Trader Joe's, I always 
I, said, I get excited. No, I think you're an egg. What do you? You should be for breakfast. But I think the issue is the it, egg and the, the chicken. chicken, like the mama and the baby. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's like exactly. my. Oh. I got issues with like cheeseburgers. Right, because well, it's, it's uh, the milk and the the mama yeah. or the daddy. You two are blowing my mind. Well, that's kosher, mm-hmm. and you are half Jewish, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Were you raised with any sort of kosher or anything? Mm, no, well, not to when I started doing bar mitzvahs and stuff. That's when I started to really adapt to that. Started learning the the culture. Mm. Yes, I got circumcised too. I'm just <laughs> I get circumcised. Yeah, because I think with kosher, I know the least about Judaism of anyone. Um, but I think did with you kosher, know? You know what I just found out what? that I did not know, and I'm like, for real, I gotta research that. That you can't, um, if you're having a baby and you're Jewish, you can't bring home baby stuff. You can't have it in your house until the baby's born. Is because it's bad luck? Yeah, I did not know that. I knew. But I knew of something related to like not announcing it until a certain point. But I didn't know the baby had to be born. No, everybody that. doesn't announce it till right. it's like three months in, yeah. four months in. But you're not supposed to like have baby stuff up in that the would- house until the baby is born. So like once the baby's born, then I guess your whole family come over and put the baby room together and all that. I was going to so say that everything has to real be fast. <laughs> yeah, everything has to be like at somebody else's house or in the garage, not in the house. Because right. it's like, I'm like, for real, I did not know that. No, I didn't And either. I've been to so many Jewish um, baby showers, buying all these diapers, and they must have been putting it in storage or something. Or maybe they're just like not re- not observing that particular rule right. because it's deeply inconvenient. Right. And why is that bad luck? It's sort of like we've talked about on the show, counting your chickens before they're hatched. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like, I don't know. It's uh, it's announcing your intention and thus being vulnerable. Tempting the fates. Yeah. Right. God, I've already named my children that I'm not pregnant with yet. Really? I should change the name frequently though, but I recently made a pretty big shift. There's a name that I, I'm not going to say the name. There's a name I've liked and my husband doesn't like it because he feels like it's a secretary name. By that he means it's like a... It's your av- It's just a very like if you're just going for like random seventies woman, you say this name, Gladys, <laughs> something like that. Um, and I disagree. And I'm like, I've, I like this name. Yes, it's, it's it's in the zone of those. But then the other day, I recently was trying to make a reference to someone who just like your middle of the road lady, and I used this name. So now I have a new name. Is it one of the primary cast members of the Facts of Life? <laughs> no, it's not. Nail. <laughs> no, it's not. Is it, it's is it Toddler McGee? <laughs> no, I like that though. <laughs> Nibblesito. That's, that's not a that's not a secretary's name. Yeah, no, I'll t- I don't know. For some reason, I'm the reason I'm not saying it is because we might actually if if I get pregnant, we might actually name our child this. And also because I don't want to insult people who have this name. I'll tell you afterwards. though. I still like the name. Okay. But it's if not. If I had a kid, fancy. I already know what names I'm gonna call mine. If I had some, really, well, I'm a, I'm definitely gonna probably adopt. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure if they allow me to, I'm gonna adopt, and I'm gonna change their names to. If it's a girl, her name is gonna be Clarity, and if it's a boy, his name is gonna be Illuminate. I like those names. They both light it up. What Clarity? Keep your mind clear. Keep everything. Yeah. What if when What if when they arrive though, their names are like Gordon and um, Shirley. Then I will change their names to Illuminate and Clarity, and we call her Claire for short and Nate for short. Oh, look, you have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And their last name going to be Haddish. Even if I'm married again, it's still going to be Haddish. Unless- Did you change your name last time? 
Yeah, I had hyphenated it, but then, you know, I just dropped it off. Yeah. Are you mm-hmm. dating now? Yeah, I date all the time now. Just a variety of guys, you know, just having fun. Good. Mm-hmm. It's not boring, but it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, another date. You guys, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, perhaps a salad, perhaps. Um, what else have we mentioned on this show? You can uh, buy salad on Amazon? No. Temporary restraining order? Yeah. Pres- <laughs> we're just coming up with references from this show. Chicken. Oh. Um, baby items. Rat skewers. Yeah. Rat, rat skewers. <laughs> Click through the banner or, or any of the... You could buy a Geo Metro. A Geo Metro to live in. <laughs> yeah. Giant suitcases. Yes. Baby suitcases. wipes. Yes, Click baby wipes. through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you a thing extra. It helps out the show. Thank you guys so much for your Amazon support. Thank you for PayPal support. We have ringtones available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. And also... And you can get these by going to the store tab on AllisonRosen.com or they're also on iTunes. Touch also the titty on, titty? No, touch, touch the tushy. Oh, the tushy. But you can sing Touch the Titty. It can be, you can make it what you want. Oh, man. Uh, they're on Gumroad as well. We have bonus episodes available and we have t-shirts, a couple different designs. Get those on the store at AllisonRosen.com. Follow me on Twitter at AllisonRosen. If you like what you're hearing, iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen is where you subscribe. Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Snooty Fox. <laughs> no, it's at Colonel Jeff Fox. Snooty Fox wouldn't give up the title. <laughs> they need it for their hotel business. Yes. Colonel Jeff Fox. <laughs> Tiffany, it was so much fun having you on the show. Yes. Thank you so much. Let everyone know where they should go and also if you'd like to plug anything. Oh, well, I'd love for you guys to first go see Keanu. With, uh, it's a movie coming out with Key and Peele, April 20th. 9th go see that it's very funny it's an action comedy with a cat in it also <laughs> are uh, you in it yes i'm in it i'm one of the leads I'm number three on the call sheet i like to say wow that. nice yeah and then um check me out on uh, the carmichael show but you can always communicate with me on twitter at tiffany haddish or on facebook at tiffany haddish or on instagram tiffany haddish and if you're in jail or are you free but you don't have minutes, but you got Wi-Fi. You can hit me up on Tango and I'll talk to you face to face. And that's the last black unicorn one. <laughs> thank you so much, <laughs> listeners. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we got to go. Rosie is your new best friend.